you know, this was not a new story. This had been reported on way back in 2018. This is the story of how Northern Ireland's air has been dangerously polluted for almost two decades. Who knew about it? And how a group of lawyers have banded together to make it stop. And people were outraged then, and we were just reminding them that they should continue to be outraged, except we were trying to do something about it. Welcome to Holding Our Breath, a special podcast mini-series from The Pills Project. This is public interest. There should be a lot of people angry about this. Laura Neal, Friends of the Earth's Belfast-based solicitor at the centre of the case, is checking her emails. Three days ago, she submitted the paperwork to officially commence legal proceedings against Northern Ireland's Department for Infrastructure. No big deal. The court now need to review this application and decide whether or not to give Friends of the Earth permission to proceed with their case. It's called leave. Sometimes they ask both sides involved in the case to come to court. Sometimes the court can just look at these documents and make their decision based on the contents. You know, leave can take a long time. Like, yes, there's a, a kind of push to make it speed up a bit quicker, but that stage of those types of proceedings can take weeks. It can involve a hearing if leave is disputed. Like, it can be quite complex. You might get through on one of the grounds that you allege is, is unlawful. You might get through on none of them. There's no set deadline on how long this part of the legal process takes. So whenever, like two, three days later, um, an email popped in from the Judicial Review Office, I thought, oh no, I have done something wrong. This is going to be really professionally embarrassing. I've forgotten to page number something or I haven't provided this vital piece that goes along with the leave application. Everybody's going to laugh at me and it's going to be awful. To see like that leave had been granted on the papers on all grounds within days was just fantastic to the point where I didn't even want to assume that that's what the email had said even though it was in black and white because it was so like really really could it be that good could things be going that well to the point where I just forwarded it and said oh that's interesting or something like that to the rest of pills for them to, to tell me that that is exactly what it was disbelief that we could have such an excellent first step So to have that hurdle jumped over within a couple of days was just like, oh my goodness, we're, we actually really do have something here. And I thought we'd have more time and now I'm panicking about the next stage. Like, <laughs> So it was a great moment, but then it was also quite intimidating because we knew that then we were on that roller coaster and that it wasn't just a case of us talking about this case. Now this case was live, it was happening. It was on a timeline dictated by the court and that we had to step up and actually push it. You heard Laura mention a timeline. Now we all have a date to work towards. 19th of June 2023, because that is the date that the High Court has set for the hearing to take place, where Friends of the Earth's legal team will set out their arguments in court and the department will respond. It's finally happening.
but that was just that was such a moment um to be able to go to the press and to have that interest as well for 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 them to be really interested in it you know but the majority of people were were outraged as they were when the initial news broke you know this was not a new story this had been reported on way back in 2018 um, and people were, were outraged then and we were just reminding them that they should continue to be outraged except we were trying to do something about it and that was that was class it felt like the cat was out of the bag in the best possible way whenever i'm talking to students or organizations about the pills project's work i often say something along the lines of it takes a village to raise a strategic court case because public interest litigation, the process of building a court case that has the ultimate aim of achieving success for the whole community, not just one person, requires a committed team of lawyers, campaigners, communicators, loads of people need to make this work. And it's not just Friends of the Earth and the Pills Project who are invested in the outcome of the Clean Air Judicial Review. Remember Alex Tennant? who we met in episode one, the policy manager with the Children's Commission, the person whose email and coffee conversation with Laura at Friends of the Earth sparked this whole series of events into action back in 2018. Well, Nikki are still involved. And the official legal term for their role in this case is a third-party intervener. It's legal definition time. A third-party intervention is when an individual or organisation who is not one of the parties in an ongoing court case applies to participate in those proceedings. That individual or organisation becomes a third-party intervener whenever the court accepts their application to take part. And becoming a party to proceedings means that that individual or group can provide information to the court, usually in writing, or sometimes in person. And these interventions are taken with the express aim of supporting one of the parties by providing additional information, which the intervener thinks will help persuade the court in one party's favour. Now, as you can imagine, there are several questions that organisations should consider before applying to intervene in an ongoing court case. The big one is, can we offer fresh, new information that the court hasn't heard before. It's a big decision for an organisation to decide to step into the legal arena like that. But it was something that Alex and her colleagues at Nikki felt really strongly about. So I'm really delighted that it's come to this. I'm really delighted that we've been able to talk about children's rights in relation to this matter, um, because it's really important. Um, children live will live longest with the climate crisis with the environmental harm that we're doing to our planet they feel very very strongly about this they are the first generation are going to be hugely impacted by environmental degradation and climate change um so i'm really pleased that um we've been able to intervene i'm really pleased that as an as an organization as an office we've done this um, and i've been able to bring my legal colleagues in who know much more about this um in in so in terms of the outcome uh, it would be great if we got a great outcome. The decision as to whether you are able to intervene in proceedings is ultimately up to the court. You have to obtain leave, again, permission, 
from the court to intervene in judicial proceedings in this way. Nothing is guaranteed. I mean, it's not a question of just saying, and us too. Like, it wouldn't be great if that was the case. And Friends of the Earth have done third-party interventions. Like, they, they are quite a, a unique legal feature. It's fantastic that we have it, but it's not easy. It's not easy to get. Um, You know, what you need to do is, in a given case, there is an applicant, there is a respondent, there is a course of action, a cause of action. And as a third-party intervener, you need to provide the court with something that it needs to hear over and above what the applicant is saying and what the respondent is saying. And that's not easy sometimes because the applicant's goal is to say as much as possible against the respondent. So it's actually quite difficult to find something that's quite unique to try and, you know, expand the confines of that case and to en- enlighten the the judiciary. You know, that's their that's the role of a third party intervener is to tell the judiciary something that's vitally important to a case that they wouldn't otherwise hear. Um and it can't be so removed either. Like you can't just have a massive sermon on air pollution globally. Like it has to be related to the facts of the case but not what the applicant's saying. So that feat to ask someone, to ask an organization to do that, um, and for them to to do it successfully is not a small thing. And um, to get the call from from Peter at Nikki to say, you know, we're going to intervene and this is what we're going to do. It just felt like support. It felt like a team. Like, I know, you know, you've got your barristers, you've got pill support, like very, very lucky. Friends of the Earth as well, you know, but to have someone like the Children's Commissioner join the party too was just like this is a moment this is this is exactly what we wanted we wanted to expand this case beyond what the department wanted to keep a lid on for another organization with a completely different viewpoint to instantly get it for the people who they represent to get it so emphatically as well it's just that word it's vindication isn't it and the second the children's commissioner indicated their intention to intervene it was like oh my goodness this is the way we we hoped this would turn out. We hoped that this would all work in this way. And it is like we've got our leave in record time. We've got now, we've got a major heavyweight non-environmental organisation shouting about how bad this is. And it just felt like we're, we're moving here. This is fantastic. So, you can tell Laura's delighted. Friends of the Earth and Nikki's staff team aren't the only ones who are passionate about connecting the dots between children's rights and climate litigation. Nikki have a youth panel. This is a dynamic group of young people from all over Northern Ireland who advise Nikki on key issues, share their experiences and thoughts with the commissioner and help the commissioner and their staff make decisions about the subjects and issues that affect children and young people. And the youth panel are angry about the air quality case. They're really angry. My name is Oliver Mercer and I am a member of the Nikki Youth Panel. I first heard about the PILS in June 2023 when the news broke that the High Court in Belfast had ruled that Nikki could intervene in the ongoing legal proceedings surrounding the Clean Air NI Challenge. The case surrounding the Department of Infrastructure's failure to identify dangerous levels of emissions during MOT testing was deeply concerning to me. When I first heard of the case, I wasn't exactly sure what impact this would have on the public's health. I was astonished when I realised the magnitude of the impact this would have. 
particularly upon young people who were especially vulnerable. Clean air that is free from pollution is vital to the survival of every single person in Northern Ireland. Hearing this news caused grave concern for me, not just because it impacts upon young people more readily than others, but especially for those young people who suffer from respiratory conditions such as asthma, who were noted as particularly vulnerable. These untested diesel emissions could seriously cause incredibly dire health concerns for many people. I distinctly remember when I first became aware of the issue, being concerned about the health of my own friends, several of whom are asthmatic and are therefore of a higher risk. This issue is of high concern to all members of the community. I hope this issue is resolved in as timely a manner as possible. I am deeply grateful to the PILS, Friends of Earth and I, and Nikki for taking on such a vitally important issue. But I'm just really pleased that we're doing it. I'm really pleased that children's rights arguments are being heard in relation to this. I'm really pleased to be able to report back to children and young people that we're doing our work, our job for them because they feel so strongly about this. They feel very angry about environmental and climate change issues. And as an office, I'm really pleased that we've stood by them and we've followed through on their instruction to us that they wanted to see us working on these issues. So, where are we all now? To recap, Friends of the Earth have got permission to take legal action against the department, supported by PILS and pro bono lawyers. We've got a hearing date set for June, and now Nikki have been added as third-party interveners. And that is going to have a knock-on effect for the court timetable that Laura was talking about earlier. Fair is fair, um, and Nikki's submission was one hell of a submission. It was huge, and you know the department said, we need time to consider this, and... The strategic element of having Nikki on board was really important, but the personal side of things was like, oh my goodness, this case is going to be moved and I'm going to be doing something very different at that point in time. Because at the start of 2023, Laura got some life-changing news. <laughs> so, um, yeah, when we were putting proceedings in at Wave at the start of 2023, um, I had some happy news um, and was slightly panicky about the fact that I was pregnant um, and thought, oh my goodness, this is so great, but oh my goodness, the diesel case. Um, you know, because I was I was running it as instructing solicitor and told everyone that I could do this. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's something that's going to happen in nine months. And when the case was listed, it was initially listed for June. And I thought, happy days, I can nail that. The second trimester, like I'm going to be buzzing. Um, and it was great. Everyone's frantically counting. But no matter how many times we stared at the calendars on our phones and did some hopeful mental arithmetic, we couldn't change the fact that the new hearing date was, yes, you've guessed it. Indeed it was. It was moved to September, which um, three days after my due date. So it was like, definitely not, not going to, I'm not going to be there. Yeah, I'm not going to make commitments <laughs> that I'm going to be there. Laura. The solicitor at the centre of this case is going to be on maternity leave when the judicial review hearing finally happens. So what happens now? In keeping with this case's vehicular theme, does it put the brakes on it? Does it stop it in its tracks completely? And 
obviously at the very start I, I didn't want to tell anybody but I felt like I can't lodge these proceedings and risk that this case is going to be heard at a time when I know full well that I might not be able to run it so I had to let pills into my little secret <laughs> don't worry podcast listeners the case is not stalled it's just taking a bit of a detour like I worried about it all night before before we went down to court and I was like oh my goodness you know what if I have to bow out here what if this case has to be put on hold indefinitely after all this interest what am I going to do and it was almost like a lump and throat moment whenever Maria said from pills said that um she was in a position to take over if that happened if the case was listed for a time when I wasn't able to be there physically and run it that she was empowered to do it that she could just jump in and she said that she would be honored and honestly I felt like crying um so having that assurance at the very start that if this case was pushed into you know September October time um that that we had it covered was just oh, it was just it was just a kind of the epitome of the community and the way in which we've taken the strategic litigation it was that kind of like I'm friends of the earth but I'm relying on pills and I'm actually relying on them. You know, it's not just like that support. It was like they are integral to this now. Another one of the practical supports that the Pills Project can offer to our network of member organisations is the services of our very own in-house solicitor. Well, when I suppose we realised that was going to be the position, there were that was naturally a bit of a mixture of emotions and speaking probably selfishly at the very beginning I was excited because I maintain my practicing certificate but in this role there's so much work to be done in terms of directing the organization and managing it I don't get the opportunity to use it as much as I would like perhaps. In addition to being our project's director Maria McCluskey can still practice her trade as a solicitor, which came in very handy in this particular case. You know, I felt that for Laura, who had put so much time and energy into her work on this case, that I know that feeling of, say, you've got something listed for hearing and then for one reason or another, you can't be there and you you don't want to let it go because it is, it's your baby, <laughs> for want of a better word, but perhaps very apt in this situation. Um, but you want to be there and you want to sort of be the person that is the face of the case because you are the person that has put so much work in. And obviously with a case like this, this is years of work and considerable amount of very hard work and attention to detail by Laura. So I did feel that it was an unfortunate position for her to be in. But, you know, ultimately, that's what Laura wanted in terms of the continuity of the case. She very unselfishly didn't want this to be delayed any further. And I think that that really was where, speaking from an organisational point of view, I was delighted that we were able to be there to fill that I suppose gap in terms of the instructing solicitor being there to take the case into court and do so essentially very seamlessly because of the relationship that we've built up over the past few years. So, I mean, it was a mixture of emotions, but I was very glad to be able to do it. And I actually just, I love the optics of it because it it wasn't a case of like, oh my goodness, I have to hand over this thing. I've been working on it for years. It was like, thank goodness that this can go ahead. Like, thank goodness that someone is there who I trust 
implicitly to run this thing. Our barristers, Monia and Aidan, were all over the detail. I had so so much faith in them. Um, you know, so it felt like it wasn't this massive thing I was asking, but then at in the same time, it was a huge thing. It was literally asking someone else to pick up that baton and run on with it. Um, and Pills could have said no. <laughs> like it's it's such an ask for for one solicitor to buy out and someone not affiliated with the same organization to jump in and run it is like it's a huge ask. But the fact that they were so willing and Maria was like said it was an honor is just like oh it's it just makes me emotional thinking about it, you know, um and how much worry it caused as well. And to be able to say, Oh God, I can relax and just, you know, be pregnant and let that happen and know that everyone's got it and this case will still be heard and not letting anyone down plays into that pressure that I put on myself um I was just a massive relief so and and I think the dynamics of it now are even better because it's not a friends of the earth case like we're not about that we're about a case brought by many different facets of civil society and this this is the epitome of that do you know friends of the earth drop out we're still the client we're still the the driving force pills jump in we've got nikki still there you know it all just came together really well um and we're set for a date now on the 21st of september that's exactly what's coming up next our day in court join us in the next episode of holding our breath